Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Nick Bosa staying in San Francisco. Joe Burrow gets a massive payday. Another top five college football team goes down, recapping week two's biggest games. Several unbeatens remain, predicting who will win week three's major games in the college football realm. With that, I'll give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Tuesday night, Delaware, Ohio, live in Matt's basement in the studio. We got late season baseball going on here in the big rivalry of the Yankees and the and the Red Sox on the monitor. But uh, hey, before we get started, we want to the three of us wanted to send out condolences to the family of Mike Williams, um, you know, former Buccaneers receiver and Buffalo Bills receiver, was uh died from complications from a head injury he suffered at a construction site and uh you know only 36 years old and you know way too young and obviously you know our, our thoughts and our prayers are with his family this week yeah absolutely <clears throat> so uh big contracts this week for uh you know nick bosa uh you know man i'll the tell big you man what, i'm telling the big man with a big contract right, right. you know we, we talked a little bit about it last week you know when we talked about the 49ers mm -hmm. um but uh maybe delve into it a little bit deeper now that all the details are out you know this is a fort lauderdale native played his you know college ball at ohio state and you know was obviously a you know a standout was a stud in college and you know and he's carrying that on into the nfl he's you know a dominant four six four 265 and you know and they and they paid him so mm -hmm. uh you know good good for nick five year 170 and a 50 million dollar signing bonus and what'd you guys say 120 some million you know, and a half guaranteed yeah guaranteed wow i mean it but to me worth every penny what mm -hmm. you guys think yeah yeah he's been been the staple of that you know 49ers dominant defense over the past you know several several years um so you know makes him with this, with this deal, makes him the highest paid, you know, non-quarterback uh, in the in the NFL or you know in NFL history, if you will. Um, so he, you know, surpasses Aaron Donald as far as you know average you know salary goes per year. Um, so you know, you know, for him, it, it it's a good thing, good for the 49ers. They were able to get this deal done also before the you know before the season started because you know they you know, weren't real sure going into, I mean, it, this, this deal didn't really happen until only a few days before. And I mean, his intention was he was not going to be playing unless right. he had this deal deal done or whatever. So, you know, hats off are good, you know, good for the 49ers organization. They were able to get the deal done. He was able to get back with the team and, you know, get a couple of practices under his belt and then, you know, suit up on, on Sunday in a dominant performance for, for, you know, not just Bosa, but for, you know, the, the 49ers mm -hmm. in general. Yeah, I got some stats on that game. So, yeah, yeah I mean, in, in four seasons, uh, Nick Bosa, he's racked up 158 tackles and 43 sacks is kind of the most outlandish number of, of that bunch. And was it 2001? He didn't play almost the whole season, yeah, yeah. I think. You know, yeah, tore, tore his uh, ACL, I yeah, believe. So and, he's actually only played in 52 mm -hmm. career games and has 43 sacks. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's, good that's, numbers. That's good yeah. production right there. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year in his, his rookie season 2019 and then last year Defensive Player of the Year. So, yeah. I mean. The guys, the guys putting it up. He's playing out. He's showing out. Uh, you know, he, he deserves that contract. It's just, man, I always get leery on these ginormous contracts with all that guaranteed money mm -hmm. because 
you got her to go if something happens. Mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. It's definitely a little scary for a franchise, but right. more and more of them seem to be doing it. So mm-hmm. I, it's it's the way you got to go. It's right, right. Heck of a deal for for Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah, you know, and even though he didn't record any sacks this, you know, this last Sunday against against the Steelers, you know, they did come up with a thirty to seven a dominating win, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and and forced Kenny Pickett into two two interceptions and. Uh, you know, I think even though, you know, he did his name wasn't on the stat sheet as far as a sack, I think obviously knowing that guy's on the field, uh, yeah. you know, you still, gotta, a, still as, a disruptive yeah, force. As a quarterback, you got to know that he's out there, you know, and he, you know, like Colton said, Matt said, defensive player of the year coming off 2022 where he recorded 18 and a half. I mean, I, I look for him to put up big numbers again this this year and i know uh, judging by this deal the dallas cowboys better have the brinks truck ready for micah parsons on that <laughs> yeah, yeah i was just just yeah. about to say that because it's one of those things that yeah how long will bosa be the highest paid <laughs> yeah. defensive player or right, highest right. non-qb in the league because yeah micah parsons right around the corner he's eligible for for his first extension you know next next off state, season like a, yeah. yeah out of penn yeah. state yeah. um yeah. so you know i, I yeah expect big him. things from the big 10 right right, right. you want Expecting yes, him to ask for that and maybe even more, more on yeah. top of that. So uh, you know, well, it, he I mean, he he himself said he he was shocked at that amount of money. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't even fathom well, that. Right? And, and they said something to the coach about uh, you know is he going to play? And it was like unless he come, walks in the door and he's fifty pounds overweight. Yeah, he said he's, he's playing. Well, he'd be on the field. Yeah, because <laughs> you know even though he had been away from the team, you know while this whole contract you know kind of dispute was going. You know, I think there's there was no concerns or never any no, worry that he no. was not doing what he's supposed to at his on his own time, or, you know, away from ready. away from the team. Football and, ready. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got the, his great brother Joey Bosa right. playing right. right down the road. Exactly. His dad was a pro NFL player himself. Yeah. Right. They, they got they've the got NFL ethic. in their blood. Right. Yeah, they, Absol- they know what to do. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right. Very good. Uh, yeah. Well, good for Nick. Yeah. Um, all right. Then moving on to you know uh, another guy that you know kind of close to the hearts here in Ohio and that's Joe Burrow, you know, coming off fourth season out of LSU signed five year, $275 million, you know, making him the highest paid player ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 219 or something guaranteed. Yep. I think it was yep. um, in a $40 million signing bonus and another guy to me, Worth worth every penny. For this yeah. Bengals franchise, absolutely. Yeah, he puts, I mean, what were they before he got there? No, they were the now, worst, now worst team in the league. Yeah, I mean, now they're perennial Super right. Bowl contenders. Now, that being said, he didn't have he it. didn't look very good on Sunday. <laughs> right, but right. To me, you know, they started out last season. He didn't get to play last season much in training camp, and they started off one and two after the first three games. You know, the kid hasn't been in training camp the whole preseason. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, obviously the timing is going to be off. You know, who knows if that calf injury is 100%. Right. I mean, I didn't see any. The weather, the weather was, you know, it was rainy, yeah, you know, kind of crappy conditions. So, uh, But, just, you know, he's coming off a day where he only uh, went 14 to 31 for 82 yards or uh, 142 total yards and uh, a 52.2 um, QB rating. Yeah. So, you Ouch. know, where lifetime he's like over 99 QB rating. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, way out of character for him. But. He'll get it right. Joe, right. Joey, Joey will get it right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned it, you know, not only the highest paid, you know, player in the NFL, but this is the biggest deal any Bengals player has ever gotten, you know, at, at this point, at this point in their, you know, uh, you know, short or small career, small time as a, as a franchise or whatever. But yeah, this is a guy that, you know, 
we knew the deal was coming. It was only a matter of mm. when, um, you know, and again, somewhat happened at the, you know, the 11th hour, if you will, uh, you know, right before the season gets kicked off. I think it's, you know, good for, good for everybody. Good for, you know, Joey B to not have to worry about it. Good for the team to not have to be distracted with it going into the, going into the season where again, they're, you know, predicted to be one of the better teams and one of the, you know, best teams to compete for, for a Super Bowl. Um, you know, obviously didn't, didn't get the season kicked off the way that they, would have liked to, um, you know, but I, I think, I think this is also, you know, hats off to the Browns hey, because I think yeah. that they, yeah, they, even, they even look for game turnovers, they right. still, you know, were right. able to, to pull out a win. <clears> yeah. But, I think uh, this is just a Browns team. I think is going to be, going to be better this right. year. I, I, and, I, and to me, hats off to the Bengals organization mm-hmm. too. You know, the kid comes in, he gets hurt in preseason, mm-hmm. you know, his contracts up and they still pay him. They, uh, I think they know the value and what yeah. Joe Burrow means to the to the Cincinnati Bengals fans, mm-hmm. and you know to the to the fans close to home in Ohio. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah, you mentioned what were these Bengals before? You know, Joe Burrow. Obviously, before they drafted him, they were the worst team in the league. They right. were coming off a season where they won two games, mm-hmm. which you know tied for the lowest career wins you know in franchise history. Burrow, you know, his one year, you know, at LSU you know, won the national championship, won a Heisman trophy. LSU went undefeated that year. He had, you know, stats on stats on stats. So hands down, there was no question this guy was going to be the number one pick, right. uh, you know, stays, you know, somewhat close to home, you know, staying in Cincinnati, you know, Ohio kid himself, uh, you know, staying in Cincinnati. I just, yeah, you couldn't have asked for a better, better story, fit, you yeah. know, to, you know, the stars to align, if you will, but you know, his, his career, you know, didn't get off to the best start either. I mean, his rookie year, he gets, you know, gets injured, you know, is out, you know, doesn't play the whole season and only plays about, I don't know, five or six games in that, in that season. Um, but, you know, the next, the next year he, he comes back and, you know, these Bengals addressed the offensive line, got the offensive line a little bit better. And, you know, that was kind of the missing piece, missing piece for them. Um, and they, you know, went on a, went on a run, you know, two years ago and, um, made it to the made it to, you know was a surprise team got hot at the right time yeah. at the end of the season and you know, made their big show. made their way to the Super Bowl unfortunately you know came up came up short in it and then you know had another great great year but you know fell short again you know AFC championship mm-hmm. but uh you know we'll we'll see what what happens here um you know this is it's a guy that the Bengals I think have had the success that they've had because they've gotten fortunate that they've had this phenomenal QB on a, on a rookie deal. Um, you know, not, not every team has that luxury, you know, these better teams that are in the league. It seems like they already have their franchise QB. They have a ton of money wrapped up in their franchise QB. So it doesn't took that time. They they went out and spent that money. They brought in a lot of great defensive players. I mean, all that really helped turn this team around. Right. right. The question is, how are they going to keep Jamar chase and and T Higgins with with this kind of deal? Absolutely. You know, they still got, yeah, two big guys, obviously, Burrow's two biggest weapons on the offensive side of the ball that are due for, you know, significant contracts mm-hmm. this upcoming off season. Right. And I would expect nothing less from both of them to want, you know, top dollar or, you know, high, high dollar, you know, amounts. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for a Bengals team that we think of as kind of a small market team. If you, you know, if you will, I know that term gets used a lot in baseball, but you know, Cincinnati is, yeah, more of those, you know, kind of traditional 
we don't pay these big contracts. We, you know, whatever, we try to get the most out of what we, what we got. Right. So it will be interesting to see, yeah, if the front office, you know, goes, continues to go all in or, you know, how they, and how then, they address it. And do you see Joe Burrow, you know, he's, to me, he's the kind of guy he'd be willing to rework that big contract. Right. right. To keep Higgins, T. Higgins, and uh, Jamar, Chase. Jamar Chase, you know, with him and keep that mm-hmm. that offensive set intact. Um, yeah, I know, think I, uh, he's yeah. got that you know blue collar mentality, and mm-hmm. that's why I think they're going to be fine. Joey, he'll go out and work at this, and mm-hmm. they'll get that timing right. He'll put the he'll put the extra the extra hours in, Absolutely. you know, in between games. And right, they'll they'll write this ship. I right. don't I don't look for that. Yeah, twenty four to three to be a common occurrence right absolutely and i think again it just yeah goes back to you know the browns obviously you know played well and i just think it speaks to how competitive again this division somewhat is we you know talked about it when we were talking about you know the afc north that it could be mm-hmm. arguably one of the best divisions in, in most football. competitive yeah, um and, and i think so yeah you it, it's not a simple just you know show up and and win games you you gotta you gotta compete you gotta go out there and play um because yeah if not any one of these teams in this division could, you know, could knock you off, right. you know, and then I think the Browns, the Browns showed that. Um, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I think uh, definitely back to the, back to the drawing board for, for the Bengals. But, you know, I, I think a burden, burden lifted, lifted for them by getting this big contract done and getting it done before we get too deep into the, into the season and it, you know, possibly being a distraction or, you know, something that causes the team to kind of lose, lose focus. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how the Bengals respond after taking a, yeah, a, a kind of surprising loss and in, in devastating fashion in the beginning, you know, week one, but we still got a lot of, a lot of weeks to go. I mean, there's still 16, 16 weeks, you know, left in the NFL season. So, uh, you know, there's still a lot of, a lot of time to, you know, make some changes and, you know, get, get the ship righted. So they don't, they don't hand out the Super Bowl after week one, week one you know? So, yeah. So, so. Don't, don't go shuffling your fantasy roster. Right. Just yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't, no, sure no, no panic, back. no panic. Yeah, don't, don't hit the panic button just yet. Except for maybe the Jets. They might <laughs> You're right. Um, well, hopefully we'll have time to get into that. Um, you know, and that, real quick to go along with that 99.4, you know, uh, career, QB ratings also 82 touchdowns and 13 against 13 interceptions yeah. in his mm-hmm. in his career. So you know this yeah. is a guy that he's going to produce for right. you, right? And always yeah. and not just you know the yardage there, but he's also you know one of the leaders every year in completion percentage yeah. too. So yeah. and it's not a guy that just Flings you know it. little check down or yeah. you know something like that. This is a guy that you know he airs it out down the field. Obviously, oh, yeah. he's got some big yeah. targets to throw to. That always helps, but. It's the guy that, that takes some chances, takes some deep shots or whatever, and still has that consistent accuracy. And then think of this too, most of his time there in Cincinnati, he hasn't had a great offensive line. He's right, been right. doing that running for his mm-hmm. life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. So, you know, I think yeah, it, he's done well for that for that franchise, really turned them around in a short, short amount of time. Um, but you know, just speaks volumes to that front office and how they've drafted over the last couple of years mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, all Strong these, team. a lot of these pieces they drafted, some of them they brought in, you know, they really molded this team really, really well. And the fact that they brought in some good, you know, draft, you know, draft classes, and then, you know, added some veteran leadership to kind of add to that youth that it's been a great, you know, kind of blend of, of, you know, young guys and, and veterans that mm-hmm. has really made this, uh, Bengals team a dominant force in the NFL. All right, very good. All right, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Don't don't uh, leave us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. 
We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to get right into the college football scene here. Going to recap our five games from over the weekend. Um, I got uh, Notre Dame and North Carolina State as my first game that uh, was one of our games. You know, Notre Dame kept the streak alive 29 straight now over ACC opponents in the regular season. Um, Sam Hartman, uh, you know, really efficient for the for the for the Notre Dame squad, you know, he only had 15 completions, but four of them were for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that's pretty good. You know, is this a game that was, you know, only a seven point game at the, yeah, at think, the end of the third the quarter score was a little bit closer. Like it was a closer game than it what was. the score really, really showed. Yeah, I thought that, uh, actually a lot of these games this mm-hmm. week were close through three and mm-hmm. then, yeah, they just kind of poured things. it on, yeah. you know, right. Notre Dame went off, you know, maybe cause you know, the, the bigger, more athletic guy, you know, more, more subs and started to wear him down a little bit. Uh, you know, Brendan Armstrong from North Carolina state through three picks, man, that that's tough to come back from. Mm -hmm. And he was their leading rusher with only 26 yards. So, you know, not a very balanced attack. And then with, you know, then when you do throw three picks, it's going to be tough game to win. Yeah. You know, and this, this game actually included almost a two-hour weather slash lightning <laughs> delay. So yeah. you know, at the same time, it was, you know, for both teams, kind of hard to get get motivated, get right. back. I mean, that a two hours—that's almost a whole pregame worth of you know uh, sitting in the locker room trying to stay just out, waiting yeah. loose. Uh, you know, I think at one point I, I saw something that Notre Dame they they brought in hot dogs for the team to you know have some food to keep them kind of you know stimulated and you know ready to go. Uh, you know, unfortunately they're. You know, I don't think that you probably want to overload yourself too much on hot dogs. You'd be out there. Yeah, you know, that's probably not the pregame meal I right. pick. Because uh, yeah. I, I saw a comment from Notre Dame's running back who had a you know a great day that yeah he he indulged. He took took one of them just to you know keep his body you know at least have some kind of you know uh, food to to yeah. you know keep burn his off. you know burn off or whatever. But yeah, he was like, I'm just going to limit myself to just just one hot dog. Um, it must have worked because the guy you know went off for. You know, had 14 carries for 134 yards, and he uh, might be having a hot dog before every game. Right, so. right, yeah, two two rushing touchdowns for for the uh, for the Notre Dame running back. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately the the difference in this one was just the offense for North Carolina State just wasn't able to to match the the high power for yeah. for Notre Dame. Uh, you look at it, eight for 19 on third down. Yeah. Again, only had 84 total rushing yards, and then the three the three interceptions. It just yeah doesn't set yourself up for a lot of a lot of success. Yeah. Not having a ton of success on third down, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then also not having that kind of balanced attack that they you know they were airing it out a lot, and you know that just you know doesn't always pan out for for teams that aren't built built right. for that. So I think yeah that was the difference difference in this one is that the, the firepower just too much you know on the Notre Dame side, and North Carolina State just didn't have have the answer, have the weapons to to keep up in a right. in a game that yeah got out of hand. Like I said, it was a close game, and then got out of hand real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like this thing played out a lot. Like I kind of prognosticated it there last week. Uh-huh. I, 
I thought Notre Dame would eventually just be too much to handle, mm-hmm. but NC State's defense was going to keep them in the game. Right, for, right. For as much as they could. Time. And, yeah. and they did, you know. But, you know, credit Notre Dame's defense for stepping it up. And, uh, they forced those three turnovers on the day, and that, that proved to be the difference here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Next one I had out, you know, Old Miss got the best of Tulane. You know, and this was a, a, a odd game to me because Tulane actually – uh, had almost a 10-minute possession advantage in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, to me, what it boiled down to looking at the stats is Ole Miss was three for three on fourth down attempts, and uh, Tulane was two of five, you mm-hmm. know. And like like Matt, you mentioned it before, that's a turnover. Yeah. I mean, you know, that right. you're turning it over on downs. It doesn't go into stats as a turnover. But, yeah. you know, to me, that's uh, – and I think all of us got this game right. But to me, that was the big difference in the game is uh, – you know, you know, three for three on fourth down is pretty good, and two for five, not right. so much. So, yeah, and then uh, you, you couple that two for five on fourth downs with also having two two actual turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, right. That's that's five times you're giving the ball back. And, yeah, yeah, and pretty decent field position for the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, unfortunately for Tulane, they were out. You know, without their bet, you know, their best QB, their best probably player on the team, uh, Michael Pratt, got right. injured in the game last week, and you know wasn't able to suit up in this in this game so they had to you know roll out a, a backup qb and i think you know at the end of the day i think he did it didn't play bad it wasn't great but it wasn't you know wasn't horrible um you know mm-hmm. but uh, i think ultimately i mean because Tulane rushed out they were out to like a 10 or 20 10 15 point lead in yeah. this game before old miss decided to wake up and start playing football so you know even with the backup qb out there Tulane still had their chances or had their moments to to win this win this game but it uh the second half it was you know kind of the tale of two halves Tulane came out in the first half they were you know clicking and things like that the second half they got outscored 27 to 3 in the second half uh you know that's the difference difference for me in this one is that you know old miss you know really made some halftime adjustments really came out after the you know after halftime and and you know really made made those necessary adjustments to you know really push push the envelope and, and take out Tulane but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I, I think I think we're we're talking different ball game if Tulane's you know QB is able right. is able to suit up I think again a, a score that I think the score looks like it was a, a blowout but I think it was a lot closer than what it what yeah, it really yeah. was I, and I, I think Tulane had would would have their chances or it would be an even tighter game had Tulane had been able to, you know, roll out Michael Pratt at, at yep. QB. <clears throat> yeah, very good. Third game, uh, Texas A&M against Miami. This was Colton and I's upset special from last week, and thankfully uh, we got it right. Um, <laughs> to me, you know, there was a couple things in this game that I look at. One, I think kind of the turning point for me was uh, the kickoff return for a touchdown in in. Uh, Texas A&M, I think, came out, kicked a field goal on their first possession. The second half kicked off, and Miami ran it back for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from then on out, Miami just kept rolling up the score. Um, you know, and Texas A&M had three turnovers, wound up, you know, getting beat by 15 points in a game that really, I think, another game that I thought was closer than the 15-point mm-hmm. score. But I think, you know, to me, Miami's going to have to clean up clean up their game a little bit. I mean, not that Texas A&M was a bad team, but they're going to they're gonna face better teams than that. You know, they had 10 penalties for 115 yards and only had 77 yards of rushing, mm-hmm. you know, and they did come out with a win. But uh, I think they had a pick six right there at the end of the game that kind of made the score look a little more lopsided. But, uh, you know, they did, they did get the upset. You know, give, give me your recap, fellas. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me it was the Texas A&M defense, you know, 
kept them in the game as far as the rushing attack goes. They they had six tackles for loss, you know, held Miami to only 77 rushing yards and, you know, a, about three yards a, a carry. But you look at the, the secondary, you look at the passing game, they gave up 241 yards after the catch. Mm. They gave up almost three, you know, 250 yards after Miami's receivers, wow. you know, caught the ball. So it, it, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of, mm. you know, miscues on that secondary or in the secondary for Texas A&M, definitely something they're going to have to get cleaned up going into mm. SEC play that, you know, obviously there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the SEC that can, you know, sling, sling the pigskin. So right. definitely something that they're going to have to address if they want to, continue to not let this loss continue the downward, you know, spiral, obviously a team that's coming off a five and seven season last year, looking to hopefully, you know, turn, turn things around and, and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think that's going to have to be something they're going to have to clean up if they want to continue to not let this season kind of get out of hand is mm-hmm. clean up the secondary or, you know, if, if they do catch it, don't let them get, you know, another 10, 15, 20 yards on top of it. That just, you know, big plays is really what, you know, what hurt them in this, in this game. Uh, but yeah, I think Miami did, did a heck of a job mm-hmm. battling in this game because Texas A&M came out and they, you know, were on fire. They, mm-hmm. you know, it was almost like early in the game, Miami had all the early miscues. They fumbled a punt. They, you know, had a bunch of, they had a blocked punt. They, yeah. you know, so just, it's Again, really kind of amazing they pulled this off. Right, but. right. As as bad as they started off, they yeah. t- definitely turned it on, you know, turned it around, you know, towards the latter half of the game. Yeah, and for, and for me, the, the big difference in this game was the, the quarterback play. You had mm-hmm. Miami's quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, threw for 374 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. Connor Wegman for Texas A&M, he, he actually had a, a decent day throwing. He threw right. for 336 yards, but he had – two big interceptions and to get that 336 yards he threw the ball 53 times right right only completed 31 of them mm-hmm. yeah you, you start looking at the numbers gotta, that way and that's gotta get a little more efficient day. than yeah. that i agree man yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely right. but this miami team you know they look like the you know this is definitely where they, they thought could make they some wanted, noise yeah. where they wanted to be they obviously cracked into the top 25 now mm-hmm. um so you know i think that they're yeah saying don't forget about us here in the acc you know ever coming into this it was kind of Clemson, Florida State talk, and Miami's raising their hand and saying, you know, hey, don't don't forget about us. We're we're right there, and forget about uh, the you, baby. right, right. So, Got to put old Jimbo on the hot seat though in yeah, Texas A&M, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, I would say. All right. Well, the the fourth game I have on my sheet here was uh, uh, not really a big upset, but uh, I mean a huge upset if you're a if you're an Alabama fan. Uh, you know, they wind up getting beat by 10 points by Texas. I think this was a game that all three of us got wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this was finally the season that Alabama didn't bring back. You know, they lose half their team to the NFL draft, and the guys they bring in look just as good or better. Maybe this is a season finally that that doesn't happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, I predicted that that Nick Saban was, you know, I, I said that Texas run game's not very good. Um, and, again, they weren't. But, I just not sure that Alabama had the athletes to shut down mm-hmm. Ewers. You know, mm-hmm. he had a great day, 24 or 38, 349 yards and three TDs. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, Jalen Milrow, the sophomore quarterback out, out for Alabama, you know, threw two picks and they had 10 penalties for 90 yards. But mm-hmm. I still feel like, you know, a team can shut Texas down because their run game is just god awful. Mm-hmm, They're right. only averaging two point eight yards a, a carry. Right, and right. you're not gonna get through the season like that. I'm sorry. I know, 
the past game is, you know, the the big, you know, puts up the big numbers, but you got to be able to run the ball. Too. You know, but I think the big story of this game also was Texas's defense. They played a great game. Oh, absolutely. Two turnovers and five sacks. They were just getting after the quarterback, making yeah. them uncomfortable. Right. And I mean, those five sacks probably helped lead to those two turnovers because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. going comfortable out there in the pocket. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was. Texas's defensive line is that good or you know their front seven is really that good or it's Alabama's offensive line is that bad but you know dad and I were watching this game and it seemed like every single snap the QB's back there running for his life and and I think some of it also was produced by the QB it seems like he's not so comfortable in the pocket he's looking he's looking to move rather than stand in the pocket right Um, he he gets kind of quick feet or whatever instead of like setting his feet and really seeing what the defense has right. given him sometimes. He's, he's given up on the play way right. too early. He's I almost think. immediately, you know, hikes the ball. He doesn't see anything and he's off to the races right. or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And sometimes that pans out and sometimes it, it doesn't. You it, can't make a living on it, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, the, you know, Alabama, it's tough to make these adjustments during the season, but that's definitely something that they, you know, are going to have to work on. But I think at the same time, you know, we're, we're used to seeing an Alabama team that has – these big time receivers and stud wide receivers as well. And, and I just don't, I don't see it for Alabama. They did. They don't have those big time playmakers and, like we're and, used to seeing. And the quarterback play yeah, is yeah. not what we're used to seeing yeah, out this, of a Crimson Tide team. This is definitely, yeah, going to be an interesting season for, for Nick Saban. You know, if there's anybody that can get it turned around, it's obviously, you know, Nick Saban, one of the best in the, in the game. So again, I don't think it's ready to, you know, hit the panic button per se, but they're, they're, they got a you know some tough tougher games ahead or you right. know some tough still some tough games on the on the slate going through the SEC here, uh, but yeah I think it's a big win big win for Texas big win mm-hmm. for Steve Sarkeesian, um, you know a guy that that come came into this game having only two wins against ranked opponents mm-hmm. two wins in nine chances wow. so you know a guy that yeah could win against the teams that they're supposed to beat right. but those don the, the big teams or the you know the the teams that match up well with Texas, not so much, you know, kind of fade away in those, in those big moments, in those big games. But this was, this was kind of a, you know, a, a stamp of, you know, Hey, Texas may, may be back, you know, yeah, could um, be so the real deal here. We'll, we'll see what, what happens and, you know, could be, could be sign of things to come. Obviously Texas is set to join, you know, the sec mm-hmm. next year as well. So we'll see what, uh, you know, what, what happens, but yeah, a, a big, huge statement win for, for Texas and puts, you know, everybody in the big 12 on, on notice that, you know, this Texas team is, is for real, at least through the first, you know, couple of weeks of the season, we'll see, you know, what, what happens. Yeah, I'll tell you if I'm the Buckeyes, I'm wishing Quinn Ewers never walked out of that door. <laughs> right, right. He's looking a lot better than our quarterback right well, now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one, one other kind of interesting thing I wanted to, wanted to uh, throw out there, uh, you know, Texas's big receiver, uh, Adane Mitchell, who was the big, the big guy for, for them that, you know, had a ton of yards and two touchdowns in this game. Um, he's actually a transfer from Georgia, ah. University of Georgia. Um, so in the national championship game, the first national championship game that Georgia played in, you know, not last year, but two seasons ago where they played Alabama in the national championship, he had caught the 40 yard, a 40 yard touchdown pass in that game that, you know, put Georgia on top for good to win, to win their first national championship. And then in last year's semifinal game, he was actually the guy that caught the game winner against Ohio State. So it's a guy that, you know, is there for the big moment, you know, 
ready to, you know, step up big, or whatever. But yeah, receiver. has been, you know, been in those big games or whatever and has been a part of a lot of big, big time, you know, plays and has been, you know, a menace to to this Alabama team. Yeah. And uh, you know, does it does it again with, with Texas in this in this game, you know, came up big. Doesn't let the spotlight give him the no, jitters. Absolutely. He uh, you know, stepped up it, it seemed like Alabama, you know, would score or you know, score in this game and Texas would find a way to answer or come right, right. back and, and answer. And it seemed like Adonai Mitchell was the guy that, that right. was was catching it or, you know, was making those big plays for Texas. All right. Very good. All right. Last game was Oregon and Texas Tech. I think we all got this one right. But if this was not for a for sure thing either. I mean, the Ducks were down 18-27 at the end of the third quarter, you know, and had to, had to do a, you know, a turnaround there and make a comeback. You know, Bo Nix had a good day, 32-44, 359 yards and two TDs. But – to me, the the Texas Tech with four turnovers. Mm, I mean, yeah, you can't win ball games giving the ball away four times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's kind of another kind of familiarity with each other. Uh, the quarterback for for Texas Tech was actually a former Oregon quarterback as well. So familiarity with the with the team, and you know, knows how they you know kind of operate or whatever. But uh, you know, he he had a had a decent game, but again, the turnovers for for him was you know the difference in this in this one kind of let Oregon stick around and stay in this game with those, with those turnovers. Again, Texas tech got off to a hot start, got out, you know, uh, guns blazing. And then uh, just, you know, those turnovers really, really hurt. You can't on a, on a team like Oregon that can score points in, you know, in a hurry, you can't turn the, you gotta, right. you know, you gotta possess the, even if you don't score, you gotta possess the ball for long periods of time to keep that Oregon offense off the field so that, yeah, because they can score you may think you're up by 10 or 15 or, you know, whatever, but in a minute or two, yeah, they're, they're right tied back. and it's, it, you know, it, it, you're back on your heels. So mm -hmm. definitely those, those turnovers were, you know, definitely the, the difference in this one, you know, and, and it's interesting because in this game also Oregon had 14 penalties for 124 yards, Ooh, but we're still able to come out. Clean I mean, that up. Yeah. We're able to come out on top in this game. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, Texas tech, I think let this one kind of slip away and they, they dropped to 0-2 for the first time since 1990. Um, so definitely back to the, back to the drawing board for, for Texas tech, but you know, a good, a good signature come, come from behind win for, for the Oregon ducks. But you know, I mean, Texas tech, you talked about those four turnovers. They could have got away with three of them. It was mm. that fourth one. That was the real killer. It was a pick six that mm. yeah. sealed the deal there. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, they still had a shot even with the three of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. That fourth one. That was all sure. That was, that was the nail in the coffin. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Well, after two weeks then Colton's leading us at he's sitting at seven and three, I'm six and four Matt's at 500. So, you know, everybody's right there in the hunt with the week three games coming at you. And that's what we're going to start on next. First game on the slate. I got, uh, a two o'clock game between Kansas State and Missouri. Both teams coming in two and zero. Kansas State ranked fifteenth in the country, and they are a five point favorite. Um, you know, I think that the solid quarterback play from senior Will Howard out of K State is, you know, keeping them looking real good. Missouri. I mean, to me, if they win this game, it's all going to be on junior quarterback Brady Cook. Yep. Um, Just about you know they they. Uh, Kansas State's D only gives up 38 yards rushing a game. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, have not rushed the ball great. You know, it's they, it's not been pretty on the ground for Missouri. Um, both these are, are, you know, solid. But uh, to me, you know, the quarterback play, the senior from, from Kansas State, 
And, you know, in that rushing defense from Kansas State, I, I got the Wildcats to cover that five-point spread. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. K-State so far this year is averaging 43.5 points per game to, to Missouri only averaging 29. Uh, K-State's only given up six and a half points per game. Um, and Missouri's given up 14 and a half. So, I mean, that's a three touchdown mm-hmm. differential right there. Right. So, you know, but I, I think this game will be close. That It'll be within that 5.5 point. Five five and a half point spread, mm-hmm. just because you know Missouri's home, they're going to get some love from that home oh, crowd. Yeah. It's always going to help along, but K State's going to have have enough to just to get it done. Yeah, yeah. You talk about you know hometown loving. I mean, this is sold out sold out crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixty one thousand fans packed in that in that Missouri stadium. Their their first home sellout since twenty nineteen. Uh, first home sellout uh, in a non-conference game since 2012. So Mm. big, you know, big things, obviously these two schools, not that far from Mm. each other as well. A lot of guys that, you know, recruiting the same players, recruiting the same players, you know, a lot of guys that are on Missouri, you know, are from Kansas or, you know, guys that are on, you know, Kansas state team, you know, are from Missouri. So a lot of familiarity, a lot of these, you know, guys, you know, know each other and, you know, have a kind of a love hate relationship for, for each other in this one. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good one, but, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Dad. It, it's going to come down to, to Brady Cook. I mean, these two teams matched up last year against each other. Uh, Kansas State blew the doors off of off of Missouri uh, by the score of forty to twelve. Mm. Brady Cook in that game had, I believe, had five turnovers by himself. Wow. Uh, so you know, definitely he's hoping to forget that game right. coming to this one. You know, with a fresh, you know, clean mindset. But yeah, I think it's going to be on his shoulders, being his arm to really make the difference in this one. But I just don't know that it's there. I think Kansas State has a few more, you know, a few more athletes, a little better mm-hmm. uh, balanced attack on that on that Kansas State offense. I like the Wildcats to get it done, but I think it'll be be a tight a tight ball game. Right. Very good. All right, two more teams coming in at two and zero. You got the two and zero Minnesota Golden Gophers going into North Carolina, also two and zero, and they're a seven point favorite. 3.30 game on Saturday. I'll let you guys get it started on this, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, coming into this one, um, I, I think this is maybe a little bit lopsided in the sense that North Carolina's, you know, had had a couple of better opponents, been battle-tested in this one, right. had a close close game last week with Appalachian State, had to go to double overtime to get that get that win, and then, you know, knocked off, you know, the border, the border war with South Carolina, you know, got a tough one to start with, and was able to come out victorious in that one. You know, looking on the flip side, Minnesota's gotten both of their wins against a Nebraska team that I think is still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And then an Eastern Michigan, you know, a Mac school that Minnesota's expected to to win that game sure, or, you know, sure. dominate that game. So I think a lot of the stats from Minnesota standpoint are, you know, a little bit skewed because right. of the, the, the teams that they've played. Uh, because if you look at, this Minnesota's defense is is fifth in the NCAA. They're only giving up 92 passing yards a game. Mm-hmm. But again, that's against a Nebraska team and an Eastern Michigan mm-hmm. team. Right. Now, North Carolina, on the other hand, they can put up some points. It's an offense that can put up some points. I, I just don't see Minnesota being able to put up um, the amount of points to be, stay competitive in this game. In order for Minnesota to be competitive, they're going to have to slow the game down. They're going to have to take long possessions and, again, maybe not always come up with points, but at least slow it down so that UNC doesn't get nearly as many possessions. 
I just don't see that happening. I think UNC has too many too many weapons, too much firepower on that offense. I think UNC wins and wins in a in a blowout. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with a lot of what you said there, but something's going to have to give in this game because North Carolina is scoring sixteen and a half points more per game than Minnesota. They're also giving up 16 and a half more points per game. So that's a net zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, like you said, North Carolina's faced a tougher schedule to this point and having, having the the star quarterback Mm -hmm. in Drake may been there, done that. There's going to be enough to get it done. I don't know. It's going to be as lopsided as Colton's predicting, Mm -hmm. but I I do predict North Carolina to get the W. No, I agree. And I'll tell you why Um, that one, I like North Carolina's balanced attack. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, 238 yards through the air, 243 yards on the ground. They can get it done, you know, both ways there. Um, I think, you know, the the two sophomore quarterbacks, obviously Drake Mays, you know, a more common name. We know him from last year. And, you know, to me, even though Minnesota hasn't played great competition, their sophomore quarterback has not looked that great. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's had kind of a shaky start. And if you're going to beat this Tar Heel team, you got to do it through the air. Mm-hmm. They're giving up 422 yards on defense, and 314 of them are from the passing attack. And I just, I just don't think that uh, you know the quarterback from Minnesota gets it done. I don't think they have enough offensive weapons to uh, exploit that that North Carolina secondary. So I got, I got the, I got the Tar Heels in this one as well. So third game, a five o'clock game. Two more teams coming in undefeated. Two and zero. Washington is up uh, to eighth in the nation, or yeah, eighth in the nation, going going into East Lansing against Michigan State. Uh, Washington's a sixteen point favorite at this point. Um, you know, and Washington's air attack has been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, senior quarterback Michael Penix. Already through two games, 859 yards passing, eight touchdowns, one pick. I mean, holy cow, that's just that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. And and the you know the offense is getting 565 yards a game, and their defense is only giving up 206. To me, no way Michigan State keeps keeps pace with Washington, Mm -hmm. and then with the turmoil going on with their head coach and. You know that that whole situation with him being suspended at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. and under investigation. Uh, I, you know, Huskies, even though they're on the road, I got them. I got them. I I don't think sixteen's. I don't think sixteen's enough. All right. All yeah. Right. You know, I I I tend to agree that that Washington is going to win this game, but you know, I, I don't know. I think it might be a little closer than that sixteen and a half point spread. Michigan State always plays tough at home. They're mm-hmm. they're known for their defense. I think they're going to play a good game. I think they're going to be on an emotional high with mm-hmm. their coach being suspended. Right. A lot of times that's actually in your benefit because right. you're, you're playing for the guy you're trying to mm-hmm. show, you know, right. he, he's your if guy. you want to keep him. Right. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. It, it just depends on what, what these players really think of him. Right. But I, I think the big difference in this game is, is Michael Penix Jr. and his familiarity with Michigan State. You know, he played for, with, for Indiana yeah. there for a few mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So he, he knows kind of their defense and what they're going to do. He's gonna he's gonna light it up. He's gonna have another great day. Mm-hmm. I, I think that sixteen and a half. I, I could see 14, right. 14 to seventeen anywhere in there. So yeah. it'll be right around that spread. But Washington gets the W. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll make it three for three for three. I think uh, Washington gets it gets it done here. But I think it will be a closer game than the than the sixteen points. Um, you know, if if you look at it, I mean, a year from now, this will be just a regular. Big Ten, you know, matchup yeah. that we'll yeah. see. You know, these yeah. these these two teams obviously faced off against each other last year in kind of a again a home and home series. But 
starting next year, this will just be, you know, a routine Big Ten game that, you know, we'll catch on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I, I think Michigan State, obviously, I think has has the better has the better defense, you know, but can can they do enough against a, a high powered, high, you know, uh, high motor offense like Washington has? That's going to be the matchup I'm, I'm watching here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michigan State hasn't hasn't had the level of competition or, you know, nearly the offenses, uh, the offense that they're about to see against Washington. They have not faced those in their two games. They have not faced anybody nearly, you know, that that high powered as, as Washington. So for me, that's that's the matchup I'm watching is, mm-hmm. is Michigan State's defense versus this high powered, you know, Washington uh, offense. I think if Michigan State again, they're going to have to slow the game down. They're going to have to, you know, muddle muddle it up. Um, you know that that's Michigan State. That's usually when they pull off their big upsets. That's the blue. That's it. their blueprint. They they muddle the game up. They slow it down. They possess the ball for a long time. I think if Michigan State can do that, I think they can make this game closer. But ultimately, I think Washington again just too many weapons scores can score too quickly. I like the Huskies to, to get it done, but I don't quite think they're going to gonna cover that 16-point that spread. Interesting. All right, next one. Uh, got actually, our first uh, team with a loss, and that's Florida at 1-1 one and one going up against Tennessee, who's 2-0 and oh and ranked 11th in the country, 6.5-point favorite on a 7 o'clock game. Um, I'll let you guys start here. Yeah, oh, Matt, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm calling this the battle of the Big Ten transfer. You got, you got <laughs> Joe Joe Milton, the quarterback for Tennessee. He came from uh, your guys' University of Michigan there. Yep. And you got Graham Mertz, who came from Wisconsin, now yep. playing for Florida. Yeah. But, you know, but I think Tennessee is going to look to control this game actually more on the ground. Mm-hmm. They, they've actually run the ball really well this year. I think yep. they're going to try to ground and pound it a little bit, control the clock, which is a little different for, for them. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, that's going to be their best option this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we, we look at Florida and you look at them in their first ranked matchup this season against Utah. They weren't good. They only no. mustered 11 points. And they were at home in that one, too. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't like Florida's chances in this. I, I think Tennessee wins it and probably wins it fairly handedly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I got to agree. I like I like Tennessee in this one. Um, you know, it, history was has been on Florida. You know, these are, these are two bitter rivals or, you know, rivals that have gone at it here, you know, traditional SEC foes. Um, Florida, you know, coming into this game has actually won 16 of the last 18 matchups in this in this one. But Tennessee was able to get it done last year that snapped a five game, you know, five straight games for Florida winning winning in this battle. But I think Tennessee, again, the difference in this one, they have that balanced attack. They have, you know, running backs that they can rely on. So it's not just let Joe Milton go back there and throw it, you know, 50, 60 mm-hmm. times a game. They can hand it off. They got they got like three different running backs they can all hand it off to that are all capable of mm-hmm. busting it out for for a big run. Um, you know, for me, Graham Mertz two and eight as a starting QB against ranked opponents <laughs> seems like you know in, in those big moments in these big games he really falters because in four of those eight game or four of those ten games he's thrown for under 150 yards so oh, yeah. you know definitely you know, not what you want to see out of a out of your starting QB in a big game like this where I think he's gonna have to play well put up yardage put some points on the board 
Uh, but I think Tennessee just too many, too many weapons, too many, uh, too too much of a balanced attack for for that Tennessee offense. I don't know if the Florida has the athletes to keep up with them. I like Tennessee to win this game. All right, very good. I'll make it th- uh, three for three on this one as well. And I'm going to kind of piggyback on what you guys said. You know, Joe Milton in his sixth year in college Jeez. college ball. You right. know, but putting up great numbers, 42 of 63, 429 yards and four touchdowns so far. But to me, I like that. Again, I'm a team, I'm a guy, I like a balanced attack and, you know, they're, they're way more balanced on offense than what Florida is, you know, that, that overall stats are very similar between these two teams. But when you got a running back like Jalen Wright, that's averaging 9.3 yards every time he touches the ball. Wow. I mean, that, that's tough to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I think volunteers win this one. I'm not sure six and a half is enough. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last game of the weekend then for us, 7.30 game, um, two more undefeated teams, 2-0 BYU come, going into Arkansas against the Razorbacks who are 2-0. and And right now Arkansas is an eight-point favorite. Um, so to me, to BYU – cannot run the ball at all. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, that, that that's a pet peeve of mine, if you haven't noticed. And Arkansas's offense is averaging 42 points a game. So, to me, their senior quarterback and K.J. Jefferson, you know, he's been around there. He's he's very efficient so far this year, 31 of 42, you know, for a great completion percentage and five, t- five TDs already this year. Um, you know, I like that senior leadership from this Arkansas team. And I don't think BYU can get it done with just with not being able to establish any kind of run game. I got the Razorbacks to cover that eight point spread. Yeah, you know, look, looking at this, neither of these teams have played a very good schedule at this point, so it's hard to get a read statistically on, on what, what's going to come into this game. But like you like you said, Rob, Arkansas is averaging forty two points per game against those weak opponents, where BYU is only averaging twenty seven and a half against their weak opponents. Right. So I, I do think Arkansas has the better offense. I think BYU is going to struggle to keep up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Having that home crowd as well in Arkansas, Arkansas gets the W. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll make it perfect. You know, we're all on the same page. So we're either all going to go, go, you know, hoisting a trophy after this week, you know, <laughs> that we're all going to be in the same boat or we're all going down with the ship in, right. in this sense. But, yeah, I like Arkansas to get the – get the W here, you know, yeah, you talk about both teams really haven't been been tested up until this point, but I think if you're looking at it, I think Arkansas maybe has played a few, a couple more competent opponents, BYU's two opponents. They beat Sam Houston State, which is this is their first year as an FBS school. Mm-hmm. Then they beat Southern Utah, and they are an FCS team. So, you know, two opponents that, yeah, nowhere close to, you know, the level that, you know, we would expect or, you know, nowhere near the talent level that BYU has, you know, is rolling out there. And, and like you mentioned, still not dominating fashion or, you know, not putting a huge amount of points on the, on the board, even against those, you know, two inferior opponents. Um, but, you know, for Arkansas, you know, you have to give your hats off to, to Sam Pittman. He's come in and turned this program around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this SEC program in a, in a tough SEC team and, and made this Razorbacks team a competitive uh, competitive team. Uh, you know, doesn't have the greatest of record, but two bowl appearances, the two bowl appearances that they have had in his, in his four seasons at the helm, both times they've made it to bowl games, they've won both bowl games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the guy I think is moving in the right direction, is doing the right things for, for Arkansas. But, yeah, Arkansas, you know, you talk about the points for BYU not being there against those low, you know, low, low teams. 
Arkansas, even against these, you know, inferior opponents, they're outscoring their opponents 84 to 20 through these first two games. I think they can put up some put up some points. I don't know that BYU has the defense to slow them slow them mm-hmm. down. I learned I Arkansas at home, tough crowd, tough environment. Uh, you know, no matter what Arkansas's record is, this environment is is raucous. You know, they 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 come out no matter what the record looks like for Arkansas. I think it's going to be a tough tough environment for BYU to go in and pull off the upset. I like the Razorbacks to get it done. <clears throat> All right. Well, well, that's about it for our show tonight. But I can't, I can't go off the air. We got to talk about Aaron Rodgers <laughs> real quick. I know we didn't put it on the slate, but we got a couple minutes here. I think, you know, after six months of hype, it was over in less than six plays, four plays to be exact. Yeah. Torn left Achilles for Aaron Rodgers. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Just uh, heartbreaking. I uh, he's done for the season. Um, you know, and this is this is a career altering outside. I wouldn't say ending, but a career altering it, you know, injury. You know, a lot of guys don't come back a hundred percent from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick, you know, tell me what how this looks for the Jets. What do they do? Is it panic time? You know, what do we sign another quarterback? What do we do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, it's tough for me to talk about because <laughs> I was watching the game last night, and as soon as I saw him go down, I mean, I, my heart just—I mean, it, it just Broke. sunk because it's like I almost cried. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, here we go, you know, right. the, the life as a Jets fan. You know, we we finally get a, our best quarterback we've ever probably had outside of Joe Namath, uh, and that was back in 1960. Um, and, and and what do you know? In, in we couldn't even get a full quarter out of the guy for crying out loud. We get four plays. Not in. even a completion. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. Four, you know, four plays in and yeah, he's down and he's out for the entire season. It, it made me want to just, yeah. It just made me want to go puke at that point. But, you know, I think, I think this Jets team is still going to be, going to be okay. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not ready to hit panic yet. This is a defense. I don't know if it was just the Bills were that bad last night or this they Jets look, defense. They looked awful. If this Jets defense really is. I mean, we know that they're legit because they played this well last year, but, you know, they, they played phenomenal last year. So I think the blueprint is there that if this defense can continue to play like they do, they can keep them in games. Right. Zach Wilson doesn't have to go out there and be Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. when you've got a defense that can He's get them. to not make mistakes. Right, right. It's yeah. just limit the mistakes. And, uh, you know, they have two competent running backs that he can, you that know. look good last night. look good as well. That they can, you know also take some of the pressure off right. of it's yeah it goes back to it matt limiting the turnovers limiting the mistakes on the yeah. offensive side of the ball i think that this jets team can be can be will be okay i think are still able to i'm not saying win the division but i think that they can still make a play right. make the playoffs it, it, obviously i don't think this is i they're not winning the super bowl i don't i don't think this is a team that you know looking at the afc with the bills the chiefs the Bengals who all have elite level quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is not at the moment wow. in that conversation. Right. Bill's so, QB didn't look like he was elite last not, night. Not last night, but I, I, again, it's it's week one. They aren't handing it's out early. Super Bowls after week one. Right. I, Josh Allen, you know, he's a turnover machine. He's been a turnover machine ever since he's come into the league, but the guy can put up numbers. The guy can win football games. I think that the Bills are going to be are going to be just fine. But do you think some of that, you know, they he likes throwing that deep ball. So right. do you think do you think I think he gambles know, too that, much? That like these defensive defensive now have enough tape on him, enough 
you know, material to do their homework on right. if they see that and they, you know, they make sure they got that safety over right. top helping Definitely out. Definitely some adjustments are going to have yeah. to be made. I, you now, know, for sure. Now, do you think, do you think the Jets need to go out and sign a quarterback just in case? I mean, they probably need to sign a backup, but they, right. they don't need to go out and sign, sign a starter. Right. And I, I think that, that turned out to be the saving grace in this whole thing is mm-hmm. they kept Zach Wilson. Right. Having a guy T- typically, you, yeah, you trade, you, you know, you trade for a new starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. The old starter's out the door. Right. He's not hanging around. Right. right. You got a guy who's been in that system for two years. Mm-hmm. Plus now he's got Aaron Rodgers to still learn from. He's right. still going to be there yeah. to coach the him not, up. The guy's and, not dead. And, so, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's still going to be there to talk him through things, help right. him study film. Yeah. I mean, th- we could actually see the progression mm-hmm. of, of Zach Wilson this year, it, it could speed up a little bit. He, right. he could become a, a better quarterback and, and a more serviceable starter. So, you know, I, I think that is the saving grace here. Right. That I, they I think kept you're him. right, Matt. Yeah. And, right. and not to, you know, not to brag, but, you know, and Zach Wilson didn't, again, didn't look like some elite level quarterback didn't or whatever. Like world beater last but night. But I, I saw something where his QB rating was actually better than Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. After you know week one again, they aren't handing out <laughs> right. they aren't handing out the Super Bowl after or week the one. MVP. But right. but you know if he can have somewhat of that consistent, I, I don't think he's always going to be better than Mahomes, Allen, right. and Joe Burrow. But if he can play with that consistency, play with you know some some fire under him, mm-hmm. I, I think this team can be can be okay. They just have a very tough schedule. I, I saw something where yeah, they're like top five toughest schedule in the in the NFL. So. I'm not saying the slate is going to be easy, but they have the blueprint with if their defense can really play like they did last night, they have the ability to still be relevant in this AFC. The the catch by your boy out of Ohio State (laughs) last night, Matt, that catch that Garrett Wilson made, that may be one of the best catches I've ever seen in professional football. It may even top Odell Beckham's I think it did. That was was amazing. It was 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 pretty pretty phenomenal. Um, Uh, And all I'm going to say is Matt Ryan, working for CBS, right. but he never filed his retirement paper. <laughs> I mean, there's several guys out there, you know, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Tom know, Brady. Uh, yeah, I, I hate, I, I hate to say it, but Joe Flacco would Joe, come back for Phillip the team. Rivers. Right. Joe Flacco. That's been on the team. I don't know, three different times already. We'll bring him back in. You know, whatever. See, Phil, they, you know, they mentioned Phil, but the dude's 41 years old and out of league two years. Yeah. With the that, offensive line, that, the offensive line that we have that proved last night, that is our biggest weakness. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're rolling out another forty-some-year-old yeah, quarterback. They got to get better. He's going to make it through the rest of the season. Right. They so. got to get better. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight, folks. We appreciate it. So, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know, you just have a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show. Feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram if you look for fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about the show. Um, and as always, you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big ones you can, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always stay stay fired fired up. up.